Hello, and welcome to Rory and Dara's Research and Development Halloween Special. Ooh. I'm Rory. And I'm Dara. And we'd like to welcome you to the show, our Halloween show. <laughs> My goal is to see how many times I can get that, you know, the Halloween special, the Halloween show into this program. And I'm just going to go, <laughs> every time. We'll ask the listeners how annoying it gets at the end. Exactly, they'll be, they'll be sick of us. <laughs> so, over the coming weeks, we're going to be looking up and researching some interesting topics on our show, and hopefully we're going to develop as people alongside you, our listeners. Thus, the premise of our show, research and development. I've done uh, quite a bit of research this week, Rory, on a topic that my family has actually had some experience with oh it's a, a bit of a creepy story concerning jack of the lantern oh very appropriate for our halloween special <laughs> so that's what i've been doing this week and how about you rory well i've been researching ireland's most notorious specter uh also known as the banshee Ooh. <laughs> and that might, might explain why our listeners were listening to uh, Banshee by Thin Lizzy uh, yes. as they came into the show Very clever. Uh, it's actually a very good song a lot shorter than I thought same um, when we were digging through our archives of numerous Ooh. songs that does make it sound a lot cooler than searching through YouTube <laughs> literally yeah. <laughs> we own YouTube <laughs> that's it exactly <laughs> but uh, yeah I was expecting it to be about four five minutes long and mm. it's a minute and a half yeah a minute and a half it's a really short song and um, now i don't know much about their albums but i would say that's probably a filler song <laughs> i would imagine so yeah yeah but it's still very good uh, we're not just putting filler songs into our shows <laughs> that was it's a very good song and topic appropriate <laughs> but they yeah they, they actually wrote this filler song for our Program. for our program especially yeah. for our program so yeah. shout out to thin lizzie thank you very much <laughs> so yes uh so first topic is the banshee so the banshee is widely regarded as ireland's most infamous specter as, as i as i said earlier and it is a ghostly figure best known for her horrifying screams Ooh. now there has been a few times when i've been lying in my bed at three o'clock in the morning watching numerous youtube videos oh. and i do hear the odd scream from beyond oh, my house. Yeah. Beyond your house? In, near the woods? Near the woods. Oh, that's very interesting. Because ban banshees are known to lurk around certain woods and everything. Like yeah. That. So that that is interesting. They would be. If you had to name your banshee, if you had to name them, her, sorry. Her. If you had to name her, what would you call your banshee? <laughs> uh, Brianna the banshee. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Brianna the Banshee. <laughs> Sounds like that'd be a great name for a band. Brianna, Brianna and the Banshees. Yeah. There you go. That would be good. All we have to do is find a singer called Brianna. <laughs> and a few Banshees. And a few Banshees. Yeah. I don't know which is easier. <laughs> yeah. We well, I guess if we dressed up, we could we could do a pretty good Banshee. Yeah, it's been yeah. your dream for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> to dress up as a Banshee, but you might see it this Halloween, there. <laughs> So, I'm going to answer a couple of questions about the Banshee whilst I go through this topic. Um, I'm going to answer why the Banshee screams, uh, what are the origins of the Banshee, and who are the people that the Banshee is known to haunt most. 
And um, I might sprinkle in a couple of spooky tales about the Banshee, you know, specific instances, if I have time. Uh, so hopefully we'll have time there. Um, but even though I said that I was going to describe why the Banshee screams first, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go through the origins first, because that's a better place to start. <laughs> that's good for Halloween. Mixes it up. Exactly. Like. Keep them on their toes. Exactly. In our Halloween special. <laughs> so the origins of the Banshee. So in medieval times, uh, a role known as the keener would be assigned to a woman attending a funeral. So you'd have this woman come along with your congregation and she'd have a special role. And uh, the keener would sing sorrowful songs at the funeral. You know, nice, kind of, not soothing ballads, but sad, melancholy. Laments. Yeah, laments. That's perfect. A perfect description of these songs. So, uh, but these songs also had a specific name. And although... I'm not very fluent in Irish. I'm going to attempt to pronounce this word. I've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> so please, please correct me if I'm wrong. But Queen Ed. Queen Ed? Very close. Queen Ed. Queen Ed. Ah, sugar. That's a good effort, though. I, I, I'm not going to lie. That's what I spent most of my time trying to master. <laughs> the, the pronunciation of Queen Ed. Hey, okay, That's we'll it. leave it at that. We'll move on. <laughs> uh, but in, in English, that translates to uh, crying. Uh, exactly. Take, yeah? That's yeah. right. All right, perfect. Get in. <laughs> a gwail gore. A gwail through and through, That's you know it. what I mean? <laughs> um, so this role was not performed out of charity, but was instead a paid occupation. Um, families would pay very well for a talented keener. So kind of the, the better your voice um, the more money, or in this instance, the more alcohol you'd be paid. Oh, okay. Um, so the best known keeners attended the largest funerals, um, and the most well, uh, and these funerals are normally the most well known people as well. So you wanted a great keener at your funeral because um, the more people mourning at your funeral, it was believed, uh, meant the greater the person you were said to be. Yeah, it was probably the the fashion. Mm. You have this staple of a, a singer, and the better the singer, the better the perceived life of the, the person, person yeah. exactly exactly uh, who okay Dara here's a question for you if you could pick any singer alive or dead to be the keener at your funeral I know that's a very dark question but it is the Halloween special <laughs> who would you pick and why I would pick putting them on the spot now ladies and gentlemen so something smooth like Michael Bublé ooh <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I actually quite like that. Something very chill. Mm. And then, if do you have a specific song in mind that Michael Bublé has sang, or that you would get him to sing at your funeral? I haven't met you yet. (laughs) (laughs) Just haven't met you yet. Just oh god, oh my goodness, a controversial choice to be sure. Yes, yes. I say everyone bopping along, Michael Bublé singing his (laughs) song. Having a great time. Having a great time. Yeah, you want it to be a celebration of your life exactly. rather than, you know, exactly. I don't know, right. everyone to be mourning. Well, you do want people to mourn, but I guess at the funeral, you, you want it to be a celebration in a way uh, as well. It's, it's a, a finely balanced point between having too much fun and being way too sad. Yes, yes. You want to you wanna get it perfect. You want to just get that nice little Goldilocks That's zone it. at funerals. So, so there you go. Michael Bublé would sing. Will, will sing. This <laughs> 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 has been confirmed. Um, so the richest families believed uh, that a fairy woman known as the Bianchi. I, I know that 
pronounced correctly. Don't worry about that. I this is the pronunciations of this. I would have done. <laughs> Google so, Translate is a great thing. Brilliant thing, you know. <laughs> I don't know how I would have gotten through most of the leaving so. Uh, so the Bianchi, uh, that's for German mostly. I, I didn't do Irish, I'm afraid. But uh, uh, the was known as the Bianchi, and she would come and she would sing a powerful people's funeral. So so not only did they have the keener, they believed that like amazing keeners were these mystical fairy people called the Bianchi oh. that would come and sing at the the, the funerals, uh, and the fairies were said to be better singers than any human. So there you go. Um, but this was the origin of the Banshee's mystical fame. Uh, so yeah so these kind of fairy folk that were said to come even though they were humans and every every town really had a keener yeah and they they were kind of mystical and they slowly developed from this fairy like nice kind of figure that you'd have at your funeral to something a lot darker uh, quite quickly um but uh, before i get up to that uh, adding to the credence uh, to the banshee fable was the fact that many keeners would be alcoholics is they were usually paid in alcohol. Oh, okay. So there yes. you go. So this is this is starting to get down that darker a path. Darker side. Exactly the darker side to Keener or Banshee, uh, Bianchi. So, uh, and this meant that as more and more alcoholic women were banished from towns and villages, the tale of the Banshee became more and more real. So there were, whether you believe in the Banshee or not, there were women who were kind of. Keeners, who were keeners, but were also fabled to be these Bianchis that were cast out of towns. And because of their singing voices, they would beg. And by begging, they'd start singing and everything like that. So this was the beginning of the wailing woman that is known as the Banshee. So, so it actually does have some a lot of background to it, mm, the Banshee. Exactly. There, there, is, there is truth in the tale of the Banshee. Well, I like to believe that it's all true because, you know... That wouldn't it would it makes for better radio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um so yes, uh the, the the Banshee is based in real real lore and real history. Um and what also adds to this kind of uh the, the Banshee wailing is uh, the Banshee appeared to people the, the the tale of the Banshee, sorry, is that she appears to people before they suffer a violent and painful death. So if you hear her song, you know you're gonna suffer a death. Keeners at the funerals. It's all it's all tying back together. Yeah, it's yeah. tying it together. Um, but later on in Banshee lore, uh, it was said that she would cry outside the victim doors at night. Uh, so she'd stand outside your doors, which maybe if you know you're a keener cast out from your town, you'd go up to someone's house, sing outside their house. You know, there you go. Hopefully get some money. Hopefully or something, get some yeah. money exactly, or at least get driven away. You know, ask for some tea when they open the door and they go to shower. Yeah, yeah. Something like that, uh, and then. Usually, but these happened usually around wooded areas. Uh, but she was regularly heard, but rarely seen. Ah. Yeah, exactly. So that this is where it starts to get a bit weird. Because yeah. if you're, if you're going to come and sing at someone's door, especially if you're being cast out of your town and you don't have a penny to your name, you'd think that you'd wait around. But people started to disappear. To get some food, yes, exactly, or something. Yeah. Uh, so the banshee was usually described an, as an ugly elderly woman dressed in white or grey with long silvery hair, occasionally shape-shifting into the form of a crow, stout, hare, or weasel. Mm. Wow. Out of those animals there, which which would you rather, which, which is your least favourite animal that she could shape-shift into? A weasel. A weasel? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, I don't like them. I don't either. They're horrible creatures. Something very ominous about them, their teeth. 
The teeth, the weasel's teeth, yeah. yes. They're, they're quite sharp and just oh, yeah. everything about them. They're very aggressive creatures very. as well. Uh, personally, I wouldn't like the crow. Uh, you know how crows peck out the, the eyes of baby uh. lambs and stuff like that? I think that does make them one of the spookier, scarier creatures that yeah. we have around Ireland. Um, but as I was saying, some cynics believe that the Banshee is merely an old wives' tale and that uh, the reported whales are barn owls or vixens calling in the night. And if you've heard a vixen call, which I believe your father has. He has, very similar to uh, what you would imagine a banshee to sound a like. Banshee very high-pitched, almost human-like. Yes, no, I, 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 I must say I haven't actually been able to hear it uh, out and about. But I have looked it up on YouTube and I have heard it. And we're going to put in uh, an extract of a vixen uh, now, uh, right here. So let's listen to it. Sounds awfully like a banshee, doesn't it? It does, it does. Awfully like a banshee. Um, but on the topic of the banshee's wear, uh, why does she wear? Um, I, I said because, you know, someone's deaf and everything like that. But the, the, most, uh, the most used explanation for why the banshee wail is that she is predicting someone's death. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the louder, more shrill the wail, the more gruesome the death. Mm, and... Do you think you would need like a decibel meter to measure? <laughs> to measure the banshee. Yeah. Oh God, that's quite high. Yeah, it takes the scale. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone. I'm gone. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, but it would be terrifying. Imagine you're out, I don't know, plowing your field. Or even, as you say, sitting at home in your own house, you hear this wail and you just have that feeling of foreboding dread. That something is about to befall it, you. It's a very loud one. It's a, it's a very loud. If it's just a, it's, if it's you know a distant, quiet away in the fields, you're like ah, and I have a couple, I have a bit of time. Can other people hear it, or is it just that person? Other people can hear it, and we'll get into that a bit more because a lot of the time the banshee comes and visits families, um, and I get on to the more specific families and everything. Mm -hmm. So usually people uh, a group of people will hear it uh, but that means that something a violent death is about to occur in the family okay. or in a household unit or something like that rather than uh, a single person so you, you hear the banshee wail if you heard it on your own you know it's your death but if you hear it with your family it means that it's probably someone in your family but you don't know who yet um so there you go but the banshee scream is not her only weapon as men as i mentioned as she can shapeshift and not just into animals she can lure you in with many different uh, with three different appearances with three possible guises uh, the most common was the old hag that i described earlier but she has also been sighted in the form of a beautiful young woman or a stately matron type so there you go so Very... she's quite the catfish exactly exactly she, she lures you in with her songs and then bam you die it's a gruesome too... and violent death <laughs> You don't know until it's too late, isn't too it? Too late, too late. They kind of, just, just reading that there, it only popped into my head. But it kind of reminds me of, you know, the sirens, the sirens in the, the ocean. In, yeah, Greek mythology, isn't yes, it? Yeah, and they would, they would sing and draw sailors in and then drown them. Um, but this is slightly different in the fact that you know that a banshee's whale is, is 
your death, basically. It's, it's yeah. the, your time has come. So anyway, uh, once again, cynics could claim that these forms are also the possible form uh, forms of keeners. You know, you know, you have your young keeners who are cast out because, sadly, um, alcoholism can affect anyone at any age. Yeah. It's very sad, but could have been a young lady cast out of her village, everything like that. Uh, but her cries seem to be the subject of much debate. In Leinster, her cries are said to be so shrill that it can shatter glass. Wow. Whilst in Tyrone, it is said that her cries sound much more like two boards being struck together. Uh, stuck together, sorry. Um, so kind of just like... Thud, kind thud. of. Thud. Yeah. yeah, which is... I don't, I don't know how you do that with your voice. Um, Quite a talent. <laughs> it can be... You're very. Um, you'd definitely be hired by Disney. hundred oh, percent. <laughs> As a voice actor, your career would be sorted. It's kind of like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that coming in the mailbox? Yeah. The letterbox. There you go. Um, however, in Kerry, her call is a low, pleasant singing. So this would tie tie back into maybe that siren kind of thing. So if you if you hear a banshee in Kerry, it's not gonna affect you as much. Uh, but whatever she sounds like. Uh, all accounts can agree that she can be heard from a great distance. So you, you, you're not safe if you're, you know, trying to run away from her. She, she can follow you at slow pace and she, you'll still hear her. Um, many books about Irish fables say that the Banshees are intertwined with some particular families whose names had an O or a Mac at the start. Oh, Rory O'Gorman. I know. <laughs> it, it's quite worrying, I won't lie. I was reading this and uh, I was quite disheartened yes, <laughs> that a banshee yes. could come after me. But you were saying as well that Kelly, the, the Irish translation... But the Irish is O. Kelly, which is descendant of Kellop. Oh, okay. So technically, back then, you would have had an O in your name. Well, you still have an O in yeah. your name in the Irish translation. Yep. So maybe you and I, Dara... <laughs> we're doomed I, for the banshee I'm, I'm not off the hook yet you're not off the hook not just yet um, but other tales claim that the banshee only haunts five major families so we might be we'll have her get out of jail free card um, and these families are the O'Neills the O'Breens O'Connors O'Grady's and oddly the Kavanaghs I didn't get that one because previously it stated that it had to have an O or a Mac then there's no Macs in these famous families yeah. there's a Kavanagh out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Just like John Cena. They thought they were safe. <laughs> think again. Yeah, think again. Um, so, so each of these families have, you know, a, a tale about the Banshee. So I'll take you on um, these, these, each individual family's experience. Um, so the O'Brien's family were said to be haunted by the evil Banshee. Now, I say evil because the word is spelled E-E-E-V-U-L. Not E V I L, so the evil banshee, banshee, but I think it's a derivative of of some of Irish, some Irish word. Um, uh, a banshee that controlled twenty five other banshees, so she was the head honcho in her banshee gang. <laughs> the banshee gang. <laughs> there should be a biker gang banshees. called the banshees. Oh, the the there probably is. <laughs> banshee bikers. The banshee bikers. Now that would be terrifying. And imagine if they put those whalers on their exhausts. So when they that would be cool. That would be cool. Wow. 
I think we're we're getting we're getting somewhere with that. We're probably inspiring a few people to uh, start <laughs> their that. own gangs. Oh, yeah, we we don't condone no, any no, no. <laughs> anything like that. But you can have a gang, just not a violent gang. Exactly, not a violent gang. Um, so yes, uh, this evil banshee uh, controlled twenty five others. Um, this led to the belief that if several banshees were heard at once, it meant that imminent death of someone very powerful was about to occur. Um, so that, that, as I was saying earlier, you know, the more banshees you heard, the louder, the shrill, yeah. the, the worse and, you know, more imminent your death. So if you heard the 25 of them and the hit banshee... Bam. Literally seconds later, you're gone. That's if it. You you're already it. dead. Yeah. Exactly. You, you don't even have time to say your final phrase. It's, you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, uh, which is quite sad, actually, when we think about it. But we can laugh because it's our Halloween, Halloween special. Ooh. So we'll continue with another family said to be haunted by the Banshee. And they were the O'Donnellans. Um, and their Banshee apparently lived in a rock overlooking the sea at Dunlee Castle. An aquatic banshee. Oh, <laughs> once again, tying back into the sirens. Yeah, Man. very sort of um, on the rocks. Yeah. <laughs> if you get me. I get you, Dan. Man, that's very good. I like that. I like that. But yeah, no, that definitely influenced. Uh, this Irish fable was definitely influenced by Greek mythology. Definitely. <laughs> or maybe the Irish... Oh, other way around. Influence the Greek mythology. Oh, interesting. We'll have to, we'll have to research that some more. <laughs> Seamus Pythagoras. <laughs> oh, wow! That would that would be a massive plot twist. Massive plot twist. We need to get onto some historians because neither of us are studying history, are we? No, so, no, no. That means we're we're gonna have to get onto some proper historians. This is that. alternative history. Alternative. This history. is like the ancient aliens <laughs> yes, show exactly. on history channel. <laughs> We're Philip K. Dick, and we're riding the man in the high castle. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, gosh. So, yes. Um, so, then the, the Banshee uh, may have haunted the O'Donnellans, but a cry did not always bear death, but sometimes just misfortune for their family. So, whenever they heard their Banshee, they knew something was... Oh, uh, going to happen, yeah. It's yeah. going to happen, but it didn't always mean a death, which, you know, isn't that bad. If, if, I'm, if we're talking about Banshee whales, and you know, as an O'Donnellan, that your banshee doesn't mean someone's going to die in your household. <laughs> I'm okay with They're that. They're getting off pretty lightly. You're getting off lightly compared to the O'Neill's. So the O'Neill's banshee would wail from Quil Ulta. <laughs> Quil Ulta. Quil Ulta? Yeah. Yes, which translates to Ulster Woods. Oh. There you go. And could be heard from the other side of Loch Nye. I mean Loch Ney. I mean Loch Ney. <laughs> <laughs> Loch Ney. Oh no, that was very bad. That's good though. Okay. Lachnay. Okay. It's like the uh, bit in. Um, I'm an uncultured swine. Uh, uh, Monty Python. The Night the of Night yeah. Saint. Well, this is where they came from. Exactly. They came from Lachnay. Oh, so the O'Neill's castle uh, stood on uh, Lachnay. That's it. <laughs> Um, but they named, much like your Banshee, they named their Banshee. And the name for their man, uh, Banshee was Maeveen. Oh, Maeveen. Maeveen. Little Maeve. Okay. Little Maeve. Little Maeve. Uh, and she 
had a room in the castle. They liked their banshee so much they had a room for it. But it, it was more so that if they dedicated this room to, the, to their banshee, Maeveen, that she probably wouldn't wail. You know, they're kind of trying to appease her. Yes, um, yes, I know. understand. So uh, they had this room for her. Um, but that comes to the end of the, you know, the, the tales of the families that I've researched um, <laughs> and mispronounced horrifically. It's been brilliantly. Uh, <laughs> it's been brilliant. Uh, but I want to leave on a brighter note, if that's all right. Yeah. Um, and you know Brian Brew. I do. Uh, well, in a tale about the crowning of Brian Brew, uh, who famously overthrew the O'Neills and began the O'Brien uh, O'Brien uh, dynasty in Ireland, uh, the banshee was heard at his coronation. So this then led to the belief that the banshee, uh, the banshee's cry, would also be heard at the crowning of a true king. So it can be a good sign. It can be a good sign, and that's where I'd like to leave off because I think leaving on a brighter note, even though it is our Halloween special. I think leaving on a brighter note is always a good way to leave it. A very good way. So if you hear a banshee at your coronation, good. If you hear a banshee at any other time, bad. Very bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Very bad. Unless you're an O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, or an O'Donnelly. Yeah, there you go. Because she could just be wailing in a room because she's having such a good time. Oh, that's it. Exactly. She's having a whale of a time. Ah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back. Exactly. It's thrown it all the way back to episode one there. <laughs> literally, literally. Oh, gosh. So that wraps up topic one, uh, the Banshee. Uh, you're going to come back at us with uh, Spring Heel Jack? No, sorry. Uh, Jack uh, Lantern. Jack Lantern, yeah. Very cool, very cool. So what song have you lined up for us to play before your uh, topic? So I have probably one of my favourite Halloween songs lined up. Ooh. Ghost Town by The Specials. Oh, an absolute banger. I hope you enjoy. We'll be back with you after this song.
I hope you enjoyed Ghost Town by The Specials. Uh, you're listening to Rory and Dara's research and development on Flirt FM 101.3. I really enjoyed that conversation, Rory, about the, the banshee. Oh, great. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. So did I. <laughs> I hope I don't hear any wailing screams late at night. But I it could be a good thing. Could be a good if thing. If it is my coronation. Exactly, exactly. I'll be sure to crown you at some stage the champion of Rory and Dara's research and development. I look forward to that. We'll hear a wailing then. I'm, I'm, I'll be sure to <laughs> well, <laughs> arrange it. I've done a bit of research this week on a topic about Jack of the Lantern. Oh, very interesting. And Jack of the Lantern has ties to my family, Oh. which is very interesting. So I'll tell you a bit about it. So in times of old, as legend goes, travellers wandering near a marsh would see the flicker of a light in the distance. And it would confuse them because it would have the glow and sort of warmth of an inviting candle. Hmm. So if you think back to Christmas time, you have a Yankee candle on your windowsill. (laughs) You know, it's a nice feeling. It's throwing, man. I'm I'm already I'm already ready for Christmas. <laughs> so if you were to see this light in a bog, you would want to follow it because you would probably associate good things with it. Naturally, like warmth, kind of maybe your homestead, everything like that. Exactly, but not in this case. Oh. So what travelers would find is, as they followed the glimmer into the wetland, the light would suddenly disappear. And they would be literally left in the middle of the marshland or the bog with no way home, no light, just left there. Stranded. For the night. Oh my gosh. So quite a mischievous light, to say the least. A mean light. A mean light. (laughs) So this fiery orb, typically seen above stagnant water, became sort of a staple of European folklore. Mm. So there's tales about it in Germanic folklore, French, but most prominently in English and Irish folklore. Which is where my family will come into it. Yes. Down the line. (laughs) Yes. So some historical accounts say it was considered a satanic sprite that wielded a fleeting wisp of fire. And this is what earned it its other name, the Will with the Wisp, or the Willow with the Wisp. The Will-O-Wisp, yes, basically, yeah. in other tales. 
But then there's another description of it. And this is where Jack of the Lantern comes into it. Okay. So some people say that it was actually the lost soul of a man named Jack. And after him being denied entry to the underworld, he haunted the night with the homemade light. A burning piece of coal inside a carved turnip. And this is what became known as Jack with the Lantern or Jack-o'-lantern. Ah, there you go. So he had a turnip. <laughs> he had a turnip. <laughs> which, to be honest, I think if you were to pick any vegetable <laughs> to put a light in st- inside of, turnip. a turnip probably wouldn't come to mind. Maybe something like a, a beetroot. Yeah, <laughs> beetroot. Yeah. Um. Or <laughs> a pumpkin. A pumpkin's a pumpkin, pretty yeah. good. I, I would have to agree on the pumpkin there. Maybe not the beetroot. <laughs> I love it though. I absolutely love that. That would be if I saw him with the beetroot. I'd say, you know what? That's that's my type of that's, my type of friend. Like he's, he's a good guy. That's my kind of bloke. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I I'm not gonna lie. I might run in the other direction because I know he's slightly unhinged. <laughs> yeah, literally. He'd know it was me. <laughs> literally. Oh, that's good fun. But um, um, while the exact connection between Jack's sort of DIY turnip torch and modern. Halloween pumpkins is somewhat hazy. There is one thing that is certain. The flickering lights that led superstitious voyagers astray, they're not mere legends. So-called Ignis Fatus, (laughs) our foolish fire, is a real phenomenon. A ball of flame that hovers above a marsh's dark, still water for a few minutes before dissipating into the light. Or into the night, should I say. So this goes way back to Roman times. Yes. So many Romans would find themselves wandering, you know, across the battleground, Mm. the marshes, and they would be intimidated by this light that would be hopping to and fro in the marshes. So it would move? It would move. Oh, that that, that makes it even... That's why travellers would be brought deeper and deeper into the bog, because this light would actually move and sort of guide them all right now if you if you were a very trustworthy person Mm. and something was guiding you you would expect it to be like a rainbow like a pot of gold at the end exactly but what this fella did was he'd bring you into the bog and he'd leave you there he'd strand you no way out (laughs) he'd leave you there with his turnip light he wouldn't even leave the turnip he'd be gone You'd think he'd at least leave the turnips. <laughs> you would, you would. And I don't eat turnips anyway. Oh. But uh, it was nice to have some company, you know. Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could be like uh, Tom Hanks and cast away. Exactly. Draw a little face, carve a little face into the turnip. <laughs> into the turnip. <laughs> into the turnip. Oh, gosh. But I'm going to try and bring my family into this a little bit more. So, on my mum's side, the Fahis, they... I've always kind of inhabited the, the Loch Ray area. Yes. There's a lot of folklore around this area, more specifically the Woodford area. And I'll always remember about seven years ago on my confirmation day, on that proud day, we ate dinner in the Galway Bay Hotel. And I just asked my granddad, Martin Fahey, you know, did he have any spooky tales? Because I was bored. I was yes. bored. You know, it was a great mm. day, but I was getting tired and I said, you know what? I need a, a sort of a story to, to wake bring me up. back to yeah. life. 
So he sat me down and he said, Dara, I have a few stories, but I'm going to tell you one that happened my grandfather. So I said, go on. I won't be scared at all. So he told me this tale about his grandfather when he was a young lad about our age. And the way they used to, you know, go out and probably their equivalent to nightclubs would be barn dances. Okay. So they'd all meet up together in a large barn. They'd play traditional music. They'd dance. You can see the sort of stereotypical image of that time. All the guys one side, all the girls the other. The brave fella going off, taking his first step, like first step on the moon, but this yeah. is much more significant. Across the dark floor. <laughs> across the dance floor meets a woman would you like to dance that sort of thing yes but my grandpa well my great great grandfather should I say was kind of bored because mm. the night was drawing to a close so he looked out the window and sort of took a moment to just pause and calm down but what he saw in the distance kind of startled him he saw this little orange hue sort of a glow in the distance and remember at this time this community wouldn't have had any electricity oh so even more ominous and it was just flickering flickering so he thought maybe this could be you know a bonfire mm. something like that but suddenly this light began to hop not move but just hop from place to place that's no bonfire <laughs> that's no bonfire is right and it would just hop very delicately from one place to another. And he started to become a, li a little bit scared. So he brought over some of the other guys. And they were staring at this light for about 10 minutes. And it was just going from place to place. But then gradually, and ever so gradually, it began to come closer and closer and closer to the window. And when they would sort of bring another guy over... It would hop away, but then come back. So it was sort of toying with them. Oh. So it, was, it, it had like, it was acting, it was behaving. It was like behaving. It, had, it was an intelligent being. So one of the guys there, stupidly, <laughs> wanted to be brave to impress all the, the women. Standing at the other side. Of Standing the at the <laughs> other side for good reason. <laughs> yeah, they had some sense. They had some sense. So he shouted at Jack the Lantern I dare you if there, if you are a man or if there's any bit of man in you as he said I dare you to come right up to the window and show your face oh. and at that very second the light flashed in front of him at the window and dissipated and went off into the night oh he he ate his words he messed up <laughs> he messed up so there has been numerous tales of Jack the Lantern in the Lochra area, mm -hmm. in the Woodford area, in the Balmakill area. It's quite marshy. And I've also spoken to a few of my other relatives who have said that there has been sort of an ominous glow in the night. Now, is it Jack the Lantern? Or is it something more natural? No one knows. But there has been numerous explanations for this. And explanations for Jack the Lantern actually go back to the time of the American Revolution. Oh, wow. 
So at the time, there were numerous sightings of this light because of, you know, the when they were fighting, they were in the marshes. Mm. So what people started to do was they started to experiment. As they got more information on um, science in general, they started doing more research. So what they had come up with was a theory that the light was caused by actually methane gas seeping from the bog in the marshland. And, and setting a light. And setting a light because of the static electricity in the air. Oh, wow. Which is actually a pretty plausible explanation. That is. Yeah. And then it jumping from point to point was probably the discharge and going to different charges. This makes me want to see this. <laughs> I'm not same, lie. same. That sounds um, amazing. And even I've been watching some documentaries on YouTube, the best source for any documentary, oh. as you know, mm. about lights in Texas. Okay. And particularly next to highways, there are supposedly lights of spirits or whatever that hop from place to place. Okay. But what struck me was they're always beside highways or places of in- infrastructure yeah. in a bog. What I believe happened is similar to a process of fracking, where they're getting at the mineral and at the gas that's being released. You have all these cars, all the static electricity building up on it, it's hopping from place to place. Ah, that's a very good shout. Now, what that still doesn't explain is why the light came right up to the window. No, yeah, especially after your fella taunted taunted it taunted him yeah exactly exactly that's that still isn't explained <laughs> it still isn't but that is a creepy story but that's jack the lantern and i'm going to move on to something even more sinister oh called spring-heeled jack oh gosh because it's sinister it's a sinister topic because it's our halloween, halloween special, special. Ooh. now if you were to envision your classic DC supervillain. Villain? Supervillain. Okay. He'd be something like Spring Heel Jack. But if you're to think about maybe the 1800s, I think Spring Heel Jack would be an ideal fish for any movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. A, a villain. A villain for a any villain. movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested now. He sounds like an interesting chap. <laughs> so he terrified England. England Just England. Yes. More than 60 years. 60 years 60 years that's a very long time very long time so if you were to think is it is it a person mm. probably not because no. at that time the life expectancy would have been maybe 60 and you know you'd be going old if you'd have to do it from the age of two <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly it'd be tough it'd be tough God. but um the first tales of him were that he was like a a devil-like figure and what he did was he leapt from roof to roof rooftop to rooftop and people began to tell stories of him but they were generally dismissed as hysterical nonsense mm. but in january 1838 this all changed okay. so what happened was there were a few string of incidents and these were reported by very credible witnesses and this gave support to this sort of entity and the support was he is actually an entity. And this is a real thing. So what happened was... A woman by the name of Polly Adams... She was a barmaid... Was walking across Blackheath in South London. 
and suddenly out of the darkness this devil like figure jumps down from the rooftop oh my god and harasses her oh I can't that's actually just horrible attacks her and then jumps back up into the roof like a bad Batman <laughs> and runs off oh man I'd, I'd have wet myself now that is scary <laughs> Another woman, Mary Stevens, wasn't attacked. She was a servant girl, but she gave a really accurate description of spring Jack. Okay. She said she actually saw him outside her room, outside the window, and her description matched the one given by Polly Adams. And, and this, uh, sorry, what was her name, the servant Her girl? name was Mary Stevens, was the servant girl, and uh, Polly Adams was Polly the other. So uh, Mary Stevens wasn't harassed like Polly Adams? No, she just saw her. She just saw, saw him, sorry. Saw him. Yep. Oh, interesting, interesting. But then, another woman in Clapham Churchyard was assaulted oh. by Spring Hill Jack. No name is given, but she was assaulted. Lucy Scales, a butcher's daughter, was attacked in Limehouse. And another, another girl by the name of Jane Alsop was almost strangled by a cloaked creature in her own home before her family managed to beat off her attacker. At that point, he leapt and soared off into the darkness. Now, Jane Alsop described her inhumane attacker as a sort of man wearing a kind of helmet and a tight-fitting white costume, like an oilskin. And that he vomited blue and white flames. Oh my god. If if you weren't being harassed and basically assaulted by someone. When they start, you know, bellowing blue and white flames. You would be scared at that point. You'd be terrified. And sort of, what can you draw? What conclusion can you draw from all of the victims he attacked? Like, what's in common with what? all of them? They're all women? They're all women. So no, no males no men, possible. No men at all. Oh, wow. So the Lord Mayor of London, Sir John Cohen, he received a lot of complaints from several parts of London describing the demonic, demonic creature. The descriptions were that he had eyes like balls of fire and hands like icy claws. and But still, the main feature was that he was able to bound from rooftop to rooftop with ease. Mm. So he was a great dancer. <laughs> That's what I can draw from. There you go. Massive calves. <laughs> Massive calves. So the police did not dismiss these stories. And this is what makes the story all the more real and creepy. You remember the Duke of Wellington. He defeated Napoleon. Mm, yes. Great general. Yes. But at the age of 70, when he heard about spring Jack, he went out armed on horseback. To hunt and kill the monster. What an absolute legend. What a man. What 70 a years old. He wasn't retired. He didn't want to sit back in his chair. He still wanted to go out and slay this beast. Oh, I love that. I, if I'm like that when I'm 70, I'll be proud. Man, what a man. What a man. So who was this mysterious fiend who roamed London attacking women? Well, no one really knows, and still oh. no one really knows. Everyone was expecting an answer. An answer, yeah. But we don't have one. Oh. That's the thing. <laughs> we actually don't. Oh, God. Even the army didn't. In 1870, they set traps to catch him. They shattered rooftops. They set many roadblocks. Still couldn't catch him. They saw him 
which is the scary thing. There were military records which showed that he was seen, couldn't get a hold of him. The angry townsfolk in Lincoln are reported to have shot him at him in the street. But he just laughed and bounded away. Oh my God. So this guy was bulletproof. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Like, he is literally a supervillain. He is a supervillain. You can't defeat someone like that. You can't. You can't. Oh my. He was also seen in Liverpool, Manchester, Watford, lots of different places. Mm. So he was on tour, basically. Springheel Jack. Springheel Jack was on tour. Somehow, I don't think I'd be buying tickets to see him. <laughs> and probably the last time he has been seen was in 1904 at Everton in Liverpool. Okay. And he was bounding up and down the streets, leaping from cobbles to rooftops and back. And then he vanished into the darkness. And when some brave souls tried to corner him before this, he just disappeared and went away and has never been seen ever again so the puzzle remains who was he Gee whiz. was he an entity yeah was he maybe people who formed a club and wanted it to be some sort of sick joke oh that would not a club i would uh, once again not not a gang not a club not a gang like to not a club no no but you know what i mean like yeah. what was he a collection of people who said i'll mm. take manchester yeah. you take <laughs> london oh my goodness but it is quite scary that is terrifying so they are two scary stories about jack 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 the lantern and springheel jack i have friends who are called jack but i think i'll be looking over my shoulder when i'm hanging with them now because <laughs> that is probably a, a, a very wise decision oh my goodness but i think jack or more specifically, Springheel Jack would be a great corner forward. <laughs> or an NBA player. An NBA player, or even a midfield. Throw the ball up. Oh. My man would be jumping way above Croke Park. <laughs> That's some He could it. jump and literally plant himself on top of the goalposts. You just oh. kick the ball up to him and he'll just tap it in. Tap it in. There you go. Springheel Jack. He'd be calling all the marks. You wouldn't get you wouldn't get near him. <laughs> and there are rumours that he is still he's he's in the gym at the moment. He's for in the, the past gym. Nearly hundred and twenty years, working out, ready for championship. Oh ready to make his comeback. Who's he gonna represent though? <laughs> it'd be probably some I think it'd be London. Yeah, London London have a They go from team, division yeah. four, I believe. <laughs> They'd go way to up to division one. They'd oh go way up. God. But um out of those two stories, Rory, which would you say is the more scary? Oh, the scariest. I, I must say, I, I literally got shivers when you were talking about Spring Hill Jack and the way he assaulted those women. Because unlike Jack o' Lantern, Jack of uh, Jack of the Lantern or Jack o' Lantern, yeah. um, you know, no one really got harmed. Like you'd get you'd kinda get lost. But I take it you'd eventually be able to make your way back. Not many people would die from, you know, probably being lost a couple of miles away from where they were. Yeah. And you just have to wait till the morning or something like that. But with Springheel Jack, there were victims, like actual victims that have testified and told their stories, which I think makes it all the more real and all the more terrifying. That's just insane. 
And that brings the tale of spring Heel Jack, Jack of the Lantern, and the Banshee to a close. There is no more. <laughs> there is no more. Now, Rory, the scariest question oh. of our whole show. Oh, gosh. What are you dressing up for as Halloween? <laughs> well, Dara, I've, I've actually, I've planned this. I, I, had, a, I had a sneaky s- suspicion that I'd be asked this at some point. Yes. Not, not just on our radio show, but in Kate. general. And uh, my girlfriend uh, likes to bully me over my love for ponchos. Okay. I quite like ponchos. I think they're very cool. Though I've never owned a poncho. I've seen cowboys wear them in plenty of films. Clint Eastwood pulling them off beautifully <laughs> <laughs> you know in good the bad the ugly yeah, just full yeah. of dollies etc all the spaghetti westerns all the main heroes the main cowboys and those wore ponchos and i thought they're excellent uh, and then even in more modern modern iterations of you know kind of movies and everything like that with characters wearing ponchos you see jedi kind of they're more cloaks but in the video game jedi fallen order uh cal or poncho i really love that absolutely love so i've gone out <laughs> I bought a cowboy poncho. Uh, I'm very, I'm very proud of it. Um, girlfriend not so happy. <laughs> so I'm going as a cowboy with a poncho. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, I'm, I'm interested now. What are you going as, Dara? I'm going with a costume that is very easy to pull off. Go on. Something that has done me. I wouldn't say justice, <laughs> but it, but it's, uh, it served me well for the past. 17 years. All right. Your standard run-of-the-mill ghost costume. Just get a, get a sheet, put out two slits for your eyes, and then actually one more for your nose and for your mouth. There you go. Standard ghost. There you go. Can't ask for any more. Mm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Exactly. But you might have to fix the sheet after you're cutting holes out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, oh, and the great thing is, no one will know who you are. So you can just jump out of people and scare them and they won't know that it's they'll you. be more scared when they see me and not the ghost <laughs> oh gosh but yes we'll both see each other in our costumes on our zoom call that we're doing on halloween we will uh, so that we can all be socially distant and safe during this time uh, but i'm looking forward to that we're uh, the idea behind that zoom call is we're, uh, we're going to get all our friends to tell a ghost story each or a scary story it doesn't have to be a ghost story I, I think both of us have ours nailed down. We do. Nailed down to a T. Let's just hope that they haven't listened to this before the Zoom call so that they can't steal our ideas before we get to the Exactly. That would <laughs> be awful. That would mm. be awful. But uh, I think that about wraps it up. I've really enjoyed the show. I've had a great time. Scary time. A very scary time. I've had I've a been, great time. I've had several goosebumps throughout this yeah. show. <laughs> Especially with Spring Hill Jack. I don't think I'll get over that or be sleeping well for a couple of nights now, Dara. Imagining this poor Spring Hill... Poor? I'll be the poor one. Yeah. I mean, the scary figure in Spring Hill Jack jumping on my roof and, uh, you know, bothering all the women in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder why... Maybe the reason why the uh, army, when they were chasing him, uh, never caught him was because back then they didn't conscript women. So they only had lads chasing after him and they needed a woman at the forefront to tell them exactly how to do it because they know what's going on. That's very true. I think that's what... That would have been a better tactic. And I think that's why he went away because the times got more progressive and women were starting to join the army and he knew his jig was up. His jig was up. His jig was up. 
No more lepping from rooftop to rooftop for him. <laughs> He's gone. Well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of Rory and Dara's Research and Development. This has been the Halloween Ooh, special. Ooh. I hope you've enjoyed, um, and I hope you tune in next time, uh, where we shall be discussing Billy the Kid and Mass Hysteria. I shall be taking the topic of Billy the Kid, because I'm a cowboy this year. I quite like that. That fits it, and I'll be taking the... The honour of doing a, a piece on mass hysteria because I'm a hysteric. <laughs> I love the justification for it. Absolutely love it. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in next time on at one o'clock on Monday on 101.3 on Flirt FM.
now everything's cool, Drax a part of the band, and my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what is said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. 